Welcome, welcome, welcome to a bonus short episode of Almost Midnight, a horror anthology. Now, this is kind of an, an audible. This is a spontaneous recording. I just got done watching Pick Me Up, which is, I believe, one of the later episodes of season one of Showtime's Masters of Horror, which ran from, I believe, 2005 to 2007. They got two seasons in there, 13 episodes apiece. This one is written and directed by Larry Cohen. And what I'd like to do is I'd just like to take you through it. You know, just uh, just hop on board here with Mr. Cleaver and let's, let's take a gander at this cable film, which runs just under an hour. Now, the conceit of 2005's Masters of Horror is that they give each filmmaker carte blanche, essentially. They have a, a very few rules that they have to follow, but they got a nice little budget, about two weeks to shoot in, and this one was directed by Larry Cohen. Rest in peace, good sir. Now this one concerns a young woman with a conspicuous violent past, it would seem. She's running away from something who was pursued by not one, but two different serial killers on a lonely stretch of road. So, you know, you, sometimes you win the lottery. Sometimes, sometimes, folks, you get stalked by two different serial killers. Fuck, I love this episode. It's so great. It's, you know, I call it a movie. It's an episode and a movie. It's a uh, shade under an hour. The talent is amazing. At Fruza Balk, I think I'm pronouncing that right. Still a fox. Playing our young would-be victim. And the two serial killers are portrayed by... Veteran stalwart character actor Michael Moriarty, who is always fascinating, even when he's old, rough, and grumbly. And Warren Cole, who I had not seen before, but I was very impressed with. He makes a lot of interesting choices, which I love. I hate seeing just a performance. Like, this is the bare minimum, this is the average, this is what you're getting. Warren didn't do that. Warren is kind of, kind of a new beast, but... I thought he would blow up. I'm kind of sad that he didn't. I'm sure he's working a lot. He's a great actor, but I, I think he could have been something really amazing. But unfortunately, let's say not yet. I know he was in the Mother's Day remake, and he was good in that. That movie was pretty good, too. But we open up with a snake crawling across the road, and our bus driver, who delights in running that creepy son of a bitch over. Then a pair of cowboy boots come into focus, and a young hitchhiker with a cowboy hat, young attractive man, picks a snake up, has a little dialogue with him, and begins walking in the same direction as the bus. Now we catch up with the bus, down the road a piece, broken down. Apparently it blew a tranny, which my cousin did when he went to Thailand, but we're not going to talk about that. Today we're going to talk about Pick Me Up. So... The bus is on the side of the road, and along comes a semi. And in the cab is a, grum a grizzled Michael Moriarty. 
who is still amazing. And he offers anybody a ride to the next truck stop. Two of them take him up on it. Birdie, a older woman, and a young slacker-looking type gentleman. I didn't catch his name, but I think it's Jeff. He looks like a Jeff. So they fuck off. And then Feruza Balk, who was also on the bus. This was right after Feruza Balk, who was also on the bus, decides to leg it back to a hotel instead of going up to the truck stop. And then Michael Moriarty comes and gets those two. And at least three people on the bus, a bickering couple and the bus driver. But they don't remain characters for too long because here comes our hitchhiker who has a nice little bit of dialogue with the tr the bus driver. He's a really congenial type. He kind of puts you at ease immediately. I think that's why he's dangerous. He's just having a nice little dialogue with him. He says, hypothetically, if the bus had been working, you would have given me a ride, correct? And he said, of course. So, his MO, apparently, is anybody willing to give him a ride gets taken out. So, he takes that roadkill out of his pocket jokes around with it for a little bit, and then strangles this man to death with a dead snake. A for effort and originality. Way to go, hitchhiker. He then chases the couple through the bus with a gun, shoots the husband, and the woman escapes out a window. And then the chase is on. It's fucking hilarious. I love this. He's just quipping the entire way. I don't know, it's, there's this gallows humor that permeates this episode. It kind of exists in this kind of weird space where it's like a, a bit of a tonal anomaly. It plays things straight, but it's in a bit of an exaggerated kind of logic world. I, I'm not, probably not making any fucking sense. But we cut back to the, the truck driver who's taken those two people to the truck stop as he promised. And here he has a like a five-minute scene with another great character actor called Michael Eklund, who I love. He he blew up a little bit back. He played the lead villain in The Day, and he played one of the people in the bomb shelter in The Divide. He he's pops he pops up in a lot of movies. He was in House of the Dead, poor guy. And he uh, he the truck driver tries to get him to accept his uh his handgun for protection, and he uh, refuses. I kind of think this was our truck driver's way of kind of trying to build another serial killer. Or maybe he does, like, have moments of charity in him. It's just that he's a serial killer also. Could be either. It would be it would be nice because it kind of shows, like, a, like a duality. It's not open and shut. Nobody has to be completely evil or completely good, just like real life. So he goes outside where Birdie is just chilling and offers to show her what's in the back of his truck because she asked earlier so why not show her and the next thing we see is him closing her in the freezer slacker comes up and says you know what i'm kind of worried about those people in the road they haven't showed up yet so we cut back to the hitchhiker pursuing marie that's her name sorry marie through the woods <laughs> talking about i know you've seen this before i know you've seen texas chainsaw both fucking versions <laughs> And, and now, of course, there's like 500 different continuity sequels. God, that, that franchise is a mess. So he presumably catches up to her. But we cut to our trucker and slacker heading back to the bus stop, making sure everybody's quote-unquote okay. But Birdie's not okay because we cut to her hanging in the back like a side of beef. So we have two serial killers, different MOs, stalking the same stretch of highway. It's It's a bit simplistic. But clever, I like it. I love the idea of two killers, you know, in their element, but clashing. 
So they pull up, Moriarty and the slacker guy, and uh, the slacker guy <laughs> starts freaking about where everybody's at. Moriarty said, maybe the bus people came and picked them up. And he said, look, all the bags are down here. <laughs> and so he finds two dead bodies in the last compartment, whereupon Moriarty hits him in the back of the head and lifts his head between the door, the, the compartment and the bottom of the... the and the bottom, and uh, decapitates him with it. As our hitchhiker watches from the woods, he gives a very clownish hand over the mouth. <gasps> but, like, exaggerated. Like, he's just kind of enjoying watching this guy work. Now, before dying, the slacker was like, Where's Marie? Where the fuck is Marie? So our truck driver takes off on foot, and he soon hears her yelling. Apparently, hitchhiker has her tied to the tree with some wire. And, uh... Our truck driver comes up and starts talking about, you had your chance. Take a ride with me. But you didn't. And then he kind of wanders off. He says, you're not my victim. I don't butt in. Which I fucking love. I love that line. That's my favorite. So the hitchhiker hits the road. Feruza checks into a hotel. And our truck driver also checks into the same hotel. Now, before hitting the hotel, our hitchhiker flags down a ride from a van blasting Avenged Sevenfold. So, you know, these people are smart. I'm just kidding. Uh, it's an acquired taste, you know. Fuck, that new... Everything was just... Just lousy with that new metal back in the mid-2000s. I don't hate it, but, you know. It's just kind of... It's kind of weird to look back on it. You know, it's only about 15, 16 years old, but still, it's kind of... It's an interesting thing. But, you got a punk-ass guy driving and his, like, trashy hot gothy girl in uh, the riding shotgun and she's played by crystal low now you you know her face but you may not know where from she was in black xmas the re obviously the remake i call it black xmas and final destination 3 and wrong turn 2 and quite a few more oh yeah she was in uh, i believe she was in children of the corn revelation as well and i believe she gets naked in all of them God bless her. So, they give him a ride. We find out later he quickly killed the the punk driver. <laughs> Good, because he was a bit of a dipshit. So, we have three hotel... Three motel rooms. Sorry, it's a motel. Definitely not a hotel. And uh, you got three rooms in a row. We got our... We got our hitchhiker, who has the, uh, the punk girl tied up. And he has proceeded to strip her naked and slice off all of her tattoos. Which is both sadistic and oddly puritanical. <laughs> right next door, complaining about the noise next door, is Feruza Balk trying to lay in bed and just relax. She pounds on the, the door a little bit. Or not the door, sorry. She pounds on the wall a little bit, trying to get him to shut the fuck up. And then it pans over her hotel room. That's a really cool shot, actually. It goes over the three hotel, the motel rooms. And we just have Michael Moriarty just chillaxing, smoking a cigarette. And the last one, it's this really cool dichotomy of a prey, potential prey being surrounded and not knowing about it. It's just super cool. You know, it's such a semi-surface level idea, but I, what I love about it is the little touches. All of the actors are bringing their A-game. They're kind of making these extremely unique, fun choices, and they kind of make this this a blast to watch as an episode. They both kind of encounter her at a vending machine. And there's a little nice back and forth between the three of them. But she just kind of gets weirded out. She's like, well, somebody here's fucking weird. 
And so she takes off on foot again just before our truck driver comes in to try to kill her. And he finds pillows under the, the blanket. And he, you know, he pulls a Laurie Strode from Halloween 2 and he says, Totally unoriginal. I'm ashamed of you. He then takes off in his semi to go try to find her. You know, he's got a 50-50 shot where she went. But not before slicing hitchhiker's tires. Because obviously, game recognizes game. These guys size each other up immediately. You know what I mean? The hitchhiker obviously knows the the truck driver's, the semi-driver's a killer. And the semi-driver obviously knows there's another killer. And they, they kind of piece it together. And so they kind of, yeah. So he slashes his tires and he takes off. After Feruza Bulk. He finds her down the road, and he kind of pops out of a billboard, behind a billboard. She said, what are you doing back there? And he says, uh, what else do you do behind a billboard on the side of the road? And then he then feeds her a very sophisticated line of bullshit about how he's a cop, and he's tracking this hitchhiker, who is a serial killer. And uh, he even hands her his gun to try to put her at ease. You know, everything's all right. She climbs into his cab still a little reluctantly, and Moriarty takes off. But he's going in the wrong direction, and he assures her, well, I'm going to travel up and down this stretch of road, see if we can't find him. He breaks his, he kind of breaks his own veneer here. He says, can you grab me something out of the glove box? It'll make everything completely clear. And he then proceeds to knock her ass out on the dash. We see our hitchhiker, you know, walking in the storm, cussing up a storm. He's like, well, come on, man. Because I think he knows, inherently, he knows, predator to predator, that the truck driver will be back. He will travel the stretch of road until he finds him. And indeed he does. He pulls up on him in the middle of the road. Feruza wakes up, woke up just before that, and he's going on and on. She says, what the fuck is going on? And he says, I'm just going to quote him the entire thing because I fucking love every dial, every bit of dialogue out of this guy's mouth. He says... Lady, when you go fishing, the bait doesn't ask stupid questions. <laughs> so, yeah, I like that. It's it's so much more clever than just saying, yeah, you're the worm on the hook, dear. We're, <laughs> we're going to go get this guy. <laughs> yeah, so he's in the middle of the road, pulls, like, directly up to him. And he says, you offer me a ride? And Moriarty says, that's the way it's supposed to go, isn't it? So, Hitchhiker climbs on board. So we got Hunter, Prey, Hunter. <laughs> and uh, I, I, I dig all the dialogue inside this cab for the last five, ten minutes of this short. It's fucking great. Um, they kind of psychoanalyze each other in so many words. A little posturing, a little bit of what I, what I would kind of consider fake sincerity. Like, I just kind of love this offbeat dialogue between these two characters with this gal in between them. But she gets tired of it, and she says, um, why don't you two assholes just kill each other? Which I, I'm sure everybody's thinking. And she's the only, yeah, you drive, he, you ride, he drives. The only question is, which one of you is the bigger fucking psycho? And then the truck driver pulls a gun on the hitchhiker, and the hitchhiker pulls a gun on Feruza Balk. Yeah, and then the hitchhiker says, your money's still on the trucker? So she just gets fucking fed up. She's actually able to reach the brakes by Moriarty's feet and she fucking slams those brakes on the truck jackknives. She's tied up. She stays in the cab, but the two men just fucking 
crash through the window. And, you know, not to be perturbed, not to be, you know, not to take it lying down, they soon began <laughs> getting up, broken and battered, and start beating the shit out of each other over who gets the who gets the opportunity to kill Feruza Bulk. She must feel very special. Yeah, both these men kind of duke it out. The trucker gets into the cab. He's about to, you know, make his mark. And then the hitchhiker pulls him out, gives him one get one last good punch, and then they both fucking collapse. And then we cut the Feruza in the <laughs> the truck in the truck's cab, hanging upside down, saying, uh, who turned down a ride? That would be crazy. So this poor gal, she's been through the ringer. But we cut to the back of an ambulance where Michael Moriarty is, you know, coughing. He's he's rough. He's got a broken arm, broken leg, <laughs> broken everything. Uh, you know, but still kicking, so to speak. And then he hears coughing next to him, and there's the hitchhiker. They're both fucking battered and beaten, but they are still in the game. And they start immediately kind of like, <laughs> they start kind of slap fighting each other on the stretchers. It's kind of funny. I could, honestly, I could watch, like, countless movies with these dudes in them. I don't know what it is about these guys. This The chemistry, it's fucking great. And then the hitchhiker says, he kind of has a knife, he pulls out a knife. He says, now think of what a couple guys like us could do with an ambulance. And it seems almost like the truck driver's getting into it. You know what I mean? But then the friendly paramedic comes back there, and uh, he has two syringes in his hand. And he says to the driver... Hey, watch this. Two at once. And uh, two at the same time. And they ask what's in the syringe. He said, nothing but air, my friend. And he stabs them both on the heart and kills them. He injects freaking air straight to their heart. So, <laughs> so our two serial killers are picked off by a couple of paramedic ambulance drivers who moonlight as serial killers. So this obviously... This goes a bit far. I, I'm not, I don't, depending on the day, I either love this ending or hate this ending. <laughs> it's just so cartoonish. It's over the top. I, but I love it. It's it, like I said, it's a uh, play straight and exaggerated logic background. And that it's, you know, it, this is fun. We're having genre fun. It's not breaking conventions. It's not splitting the atom, so to speak. It's just having fun. So yeah, our two serial killers get taken out by two other serial killers. And the guy in the front asks, what do you want to do with the girl? And then it pans up and she, she's in a stretcher as well. You know, just above the hitchhiker. And he says, we'll save her for later. She got a gag over her mouth and she's just like, fuck this. And then that's our segment. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just love it. It's, it's good gallows humor. Larry Cohen knows how to bring out these interesting performances and he knows how to make a film where you could picture it in your in your head exactly straightforward shot one to shot a thousand or whatever but he's found a way to kind of inject his own kind of i don't know like morbid but ultimately very dark gallows humor approach to it and i think that larry cohen really shines through here i think this is among the best things he's done. You can see the growth of an artist, you know. I've only seen his horror movies, I'll be honest, but, you know, from It's Alive in 1974 to Pick Me Up in 2006, you can honestly see growth and, at the same time, like this, this overwhelming feeling of ingenuity and creativity 
I, I we're all going to miss Larry. You know, I mean, he wasn't directing towards the end, but we're still going to we're still going to miss him every time we pop in the stuff, which might be my personal favorite or cue the winged serpent or it's alive one, two or three. I wasn't huge on Return to Salem's lot, but I'll have to return to that at some point. Yep, he knocked it out of the park. And he's really, he's lucky that he dragged Michael Moriarty out of whatever bar he was, <laughs> dusted him off, and put him in front of the camera. Because damn, he is magnetic. I freaking loved it. I give Pick Me Up from the television series Masters of Horror on Showtime 4.5 out of 5. That's two serial killers coming after you folks. Now, Masters of Horror, I do believe, last time I checked, was available on show. But, you know, you can find these everywhere. You know, two bucks, used copy, grab it. I think they're on Blu-ray, but I really don't give a shit. I'm not a, I'm not a quality snob. So, yeah, if you get time, give it a shot. There's 25 more episodes I'm hoping to cover at some point. But for now, there's Pick Me Up. Stay scared.